Thank you, Pastor Hughes. So great to be back with you again tonight. Our Sunday night service. Not everybody has Sunday night service, but look like you're doing well. Amen. I appreciate the goodness of the Lord and the touch of God, the kindness and the grace of God that we felt this morning is just absolutely amazing. Amen. So good to see Dr. James Hughes and his wife here tonight. Uh, they preached for us often when I pastored in Vider. And uh, it's always good to see them, Brother David and Goss. Uh, <laughs> our, our association of friendship goes way, way back. Uh, I've been in Vider 40 years. And uh, this good family, his mom and dad, uh, have been with me every step of the way. We went to, when we was building our church, uh, his dad go around and visit in churches. And uh, so we went to Baton Rouge to Brother Spell's church. Anybody here know Brother Spell? I, I, I don't want to say anything wrong, so I'm checking out to see who knows him and who don't. The elder Brother Spell, B.A. Spell, and we were just walking through the church, you know, fast, Brother Hughes and Brother B.A. Spell was showing us all the, if you know him, he took little short steps and he wasn't distracted by too many things. And his secretary come running out and said, Brother Spell, Sister so-and-so is on the phone and she needs to talk to you right now. He said, tell her I'll call her back. Well, we just kept showing us around and went in, the lady did, and after she just come running out. She said, oh, Brother Spell, she said if she couldn't talk to you right now, she was going to commit suicide. Never missed a beat. He said, tell her to go ahead. I learned in my formative years of pastoring. <laughs> of course, she didn't. But I, I told his dad, I said, Man, I've learned something today. He said, what? How to pastor? <clears throat> well, we don't take things lightly, but I tell you what. When I look at Brother Mark Hughes and his wife, and they're the master pastors. You, you're thinking about guiding a church of this magnitude. I think they deserve a great big hand clap. Yeah, and because... You know, this is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I know you acknowledge that, but uh, when a pastor has to guide a church through so many uh, different transactions and storms and uh, financial distress and people and all of the things that go into that we cannot even possibly put into words and then come out on the other end and uh, look at what the Lord has done. So I give great honor to them uh, tonight as your pastor and your pastor's wife. And uh, they, they have been our friends for a long time. And uh, I've told this story, so I'm not going to tell it, but he's a partner in crime to me. Uh, it was bad, real bad. But I'll tell it again one of these days. Amen. So I am so thankful that you're here tonight. Let's go right into the word of the Lord. The 
Ryan, so good to see you and your lovely wife. We wanted to come to the wedding, but you know what happened. <laughs> Same thing that happened to him after the wedding, and we all got sick. My. So it was quite an ordeal. Uh, and, but I'm so thankful uh, that they're here, and it's good to see them. We've known them a long, long time. Praise God. Turn with me to the book of Luke. Uh, chapter 15 so familiar uh, but I want to just just briefly uh, read a little scripture to you uh, St. Luke chapter 15 verse number 4 what man of you having a hundred sheep if he lose one of them doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. Say that with me, until he find it. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I pray that you just, that your mercy and your grace touch us, move in our spirit and our heart tonight. Find that one lost sheep. Help us, God, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. You can be seated. The Lord bless you until he find it. We know that St. Luke chapter 15 is uh, the parable of three different things. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son. And each one had a happy ending. And when he gave the first parable that there was a lost sheep and the shepherd, which we know as a type of Christ, he left the 90 and 9 in the fold. And he went and he searched until he found that one lost sheep. And it would have been a different story if he had gave up and came back empty-handed. But the moral of that story is just simply this. When, when God gets your number and when he locks in on you and his radar locks in on you, I want to tell you, you got to move. You're, you're going to do strange things. You're going to come to God or you're going to get wild as you can possibly be. But if you realize what God's trying to save you from is, I know I won't ask you to raise your hand because it would probably be most everybody in this building. But let me tell you something. When Satan starts wrecking your life, he doesn't quit. It's not some little scratch in your life that you can buff out and say, okay, it's done and it's over. When Satan starts destroying your life, he doesn't stop with just a gentle little problem. He's going to take your home, your family, your life, your welfare, your health. He's going to take your children. He's going to take everything that belongs to you. And he's going to utterly and totally destroy it. That's the reason he came to seek and to save that which is lost. The devil come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And brother, when the devil sets out to destroy your life, 
the only thing that's going to stop him is the mercy and the grace of God until he find it, until he find it. I know that there's people that are in this building tonight that are running from God. But let me tell you, if you make your bed among the stars, he's there. If you make your bed in hell, he's there. He never gives up. God never gives up. He works on you. He deals with you. He sends you signs and wonders and messages and pastoral visits and and the blessings of God. But the devil comes right back under that. And brother, he will destroy you. If he has not destroyed your life physically, he will destroy you in death. And let me tell you something. There's just something about going to heaven. You got to believe there is a God and there's a God that can save you. And I, I, I intend because I have lived for God over half my life. I've been preaching over 50 years and it gets sweeter as the days go by. Every time I step in the pulpit, I want to thank God because while I was on my way to hell, he stopped me. While I was going down the wrong road, he stopped me. While something miraculous was happening on the inside of me, suddenly God said, my love is greater than anything else in your life. I believe that. Even though I was raised in the church, uh, you know, I'd, I'd kind of play along and with all us kids would sit on the back row and, and uh, I, I was sitting there that night and uh, the altar call was given and like usual, I knew better to go outside because my mother had eyes in the back of her head and even though she was on the front and I was on the back, she knew where I was at all times. That's a, that's a miracle, isn't it? God's miracles. So I just stood there and I gripped the back of the pew and in that little holder, uh, there was a Bible, a Bible. And uh, I just closed my eyes. I said, God... If the Holy Ghost is for me tonight, just show me. And I picked up that Bible. I don't know whose it was. And I closed my eyes. And I just laid it down. And I said, just let it fall open on the seat of the pew I was sitting. And when I looked at that, it fell straight to Acts 2.38. And if there's any part of the Bible I knew, it was Acts 2.38. That night, I went there to fight. But oh my, that night... Something got a hold of me. He searched until he found me. And he wasn't going to leave without me. His love was so strong and so great uh, that when he found me, he laid me up on his shoulders and he brought me back into the fold. And the Bible says there was great rejoicing in that fact. If you think sometimes that God has a mission, it's not just to stop storms it's not just to see us through it's not just for the healing of our bodies but the greatest mission that Jesus ever had was to seek and to save that which was lost the greatest miracle is still the miracle of salvation the greatest thing that we could ever think of is how much that he loved me and not only did he love me then he loves me now He loves me now. He loves me now. How important was that one lost sheep? Let me tell you something. Of the millions of people over 
almost 7 billion people, 8 billion people in this world right now. God loves you so much. He knows everything about you. The hair on your head is numbered. The character in you is numbered. The DNA that we didn't know anything about just 20 years ago, all of a sudden it it knows everything, who you are, what you are, what you're going to do. Everything about you is found in your DNA and you're the only one that has that. Nobody else has that. How important are you to God? He gave you that. We just found out about it, but God knew about it all along. Because in that blood, there's life. Amen. There's life. It's amazing how you can go to the doctor and they, they can suck all the blood out of it almost. They just take vial after vial after vial. And you go back and then they read that long list. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Your kidneys, your heart, and everything. And um, I, I was having a lot of stomach problems and, and uh, went to my doctor and she said, well, uh, let me check and I'm going to take some blood and I'm going to check your pancreas. I said, is that all? She said, well, that's all this blood, this test is going to do. And so they did. It came back great. Amen. But let me tell you something. Life is in the blood. And you're so important to God. You are so important to God with all of the millions of people and billions of people that are in the world today. He can zero in right now into Houston, Texas to greater life. And he knows who you are, what you are, and God knows how to move you when nothing else will. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God knows how to move that. How important is one person? He left the 90 and 9 and looked for the lost sheep. How important is that one person? When I was preaching revival in uh, Greenfield, Indiana, many years ago, we had a revival and little old church was right on the street. When you, when you opened the door off the street, you was in the auditorium. And it was a cold winter night, November, and there was a lady in that church and uh, she stood up and she said, I got a brother. I don't even know where he's at. Some people tell me he's in California. He's a hippie. And uh, I want him to be saved and I don't know where he's at. We stood that night and prayed. Came back on Wednesday night and we were just praying, praying, praying. And I watched the doors open up and uh, down the aisle come a long-haired hippie with an army jacket on. And uh, he walked right by his sister. He never stopped to say hi to her or anything. He walked right by her, walked straight to the altar, threw up both hands. I laid hands on him and received the Holy Ghost just like that. When his sister realized, hey, that's my brother up there. We prayed for him two nights ago. You know what his testimony was? Uh, he was a hopeless, helpless hippie in Haight-Ashbury, Texas, but, or, or California. And when he was high on drugs, God's more powerful than drugs. God's more powerful than alcohol. 
And when he was high on drugs, uh, he said, two nights ago, the Spirit of the Lord touched me. And I got up, got on a plane, and he said, I knew I had to come back to this church. Uh, How important is that one person? Uh, I'm telling you, it's so important that God can stop heaven and earth. Uh, He can stop the sun from going down and the moon from coming up to see one person uh, come to God. That's how important it is. Praise God. How important is God and our life to God? St. John 4 and 4, a woman at the well. We know that story. I won't elaborate on that too much, but notice what he said. When he spoke to his disciples, he said, I must need go through Samaria. How many times you ever read that in the Bible? The Lord said, you know, we, we think about hundreds of people. We think about a revival. It's got to be a hundred before we can even uh, acknowledge it. But I want to tell you, we got it all wrong. God thinks it's successful if one comes to him. I think we baptized somebody this morning. Huh? We had a successful day. We, we got it all mixed up sometimes. We think, my God, we got to raise the dead and... 300's got to get baptized and all of that when God said if one comes all of heaven starts rejoicing and you know what he said I must needs go through Samaria why because there was one everybody say one there was one woman Woo. My God have mercy that was coming to a well and Jesus was sitting on the well and when she got to the well it was her and Jesus and uh, he said to the woman give me a drink of water. She said oh me being a Jew and you're asking me a drink of water. You know what? He looked at her and he said I must needs come through Samaria. Don't find anybody else. One. 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 Isn't it amazing what God can do with one? Isn't it amazing that we look over them sometimes and God says, I want them. We was knocking doors one time and all the doors on that street, we knocked every one of them and uh, there was one that was way on down and... uh, uh, the couple that was knocking the doors, uh, they went and uh, they walked all the way back to their car. He said, the Lord spoke to him, said, you forgot one. Oh, well, it's way on down there and, you know, we, he said, you forgot one. They went down there and knocked on her door. She'd never been to church, never been to our church, never been to any church. And when he stepped up and knocked on the door... She come to the door and she said, I know who you are. I was praying that God would send somebody to find me. She came to church the very next service, repented, got the Holy Ghost and baptized. How important is one person? My, how important is one? Woo! I get happy when I think about uh, what he's done for me. I get happy because I was that one lost sheep. 
If you're glad God found you, why don't you just lift your hands right now? Jesus. I'm so glad he found me. I'm so glad he found me. I'm so glad he found me. Ooh, I just feel, I don't know, I just felt something in me say, uh, somebody's here tonight and you have not been overlooked, but you feel like you have. But God said, there's one. There's one. I've got to go through greater life. I've got to go to Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I felt this three or four days ago. And God said, I'm going to give you two messages to the lost. Uh, I don't want you to touch nothing else. I'm about to finalize this one. But I want to tell you, God loves you so much. I've got to go through Houston, Texas. I've got to find that one lost sheep. When the man with the 2,000 devils that was in him, when Jesus got off the boat and stood on the shore, 2,000 devils could not stop him from getting up from where he was. And the scriptures, he ran to where Jesus was and worshiped him. How many? One. I don't know what your excuse is, but I doubt you have 2,000 devils. I don't know what you're blaming. I can't come to God because of this, but let me tell you something. None of that's important. What's important is keeping you out of hell. What's important is keeping you out of hell. We have a lady in our church. Her name is Candy Rash. Candy Rash. Candy uh, was one of those wayward children and I prayed her mother and dad through to the Holy Ghost her dad hated me when I tell you he hated me you can ask Sister Everett he, he hate, threatened to kill me call me on the phone hated me <laughs> Brother David Lynn he was, he'd drive up his dad was our head usher and he remembers this uh, uh, he'd ride up on his Harley Davidson motorcycle in front of our church and rack those pipes off and David Lynn's dad was Call the cops. Come get him. And they'd call him and say, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. And uh, done that. And uh, you can just imagine uh, my surprise one night when he was sitting over there by Sister Barbara. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And his love, his hate turned to love. And, and he loved me. And then one night went in an evangelist. And he said, right in this pew right here. And he had already died full of the Holy Ghost, thank the Lord. And he turned to Sister Barbie and said, how many children do you have? She said, well, I've got three or four children. And, and he said, I see people sitting beside you right here. Well, during that same meeting, here come Candy. That's the daughter, Candy's daughter, Candy's husband. And they was all sitting on that pew. And you know the rest of the story. Candy was a high-class drug dealer. She worked for a doctor, and she was selling drugs on the side and making lots of money. She got the Holy Ghost. She got baptized. She lived for God. Never missed a service. Trial date come. We all went on a three-day fast. God, she's doing so good. You've got to deliver her from all of this. And trial date come, and 
I was there and the mother's there. The prayer group was there. Husband was there. Daughter was there. And we sat through all of that. And our faith was just sky high. And you can imagine what happened when that judge came out and sentenced her. He gave her uh, three to five years. Her mother (laughs) fell out the floor, fainted. We started all weeping and crying. uh, The prayer group said, we fasted, we prayed. Where where is God? You know, I do like we always do, Brother Hughes. Oh, he's here. We don't know where he is, but he's here. That's not the end of the story. Let me tell you the end of the story. I'm just passing over a lot of it. I watched Candy sit there and hold her husband's hand, and both of them cried, and he said, don't worry. Everything will be all right. I'll be here when you get out, and on and on. She's crying. Her daughter's crying. We was all crying, and they took her straight out of the courtroom, straight to the Orange County Jail, shipped her off straight uh, to uh, a ladies' prison. She got there, and they put her in that cell. And lo and behold, in that cell was one woman. One woman. And that one woman, Candy said, when I walked in that cell, that one woman was walking around the bed saying, God, send me somebody to tell me about you. I said, wait a minute. God, send me somebody to tell me about you. And Candy stayed in that jail cell. But here's what was going on behind the scene. You don't think God loves one person? Behind the scenes, the next day, the lawyer was called and they said, we're going to try to get her out. And he said, well, she's only been there just uh, you know, a couple of days and it's going to take a little while. And so the process started working of getting her out of there. And three weeks went by and, and the judge called the lawyer back. And he said, get her out now. He said, well, we're working on it. He said, you don't understand. I haven't been able to sleep. I've lost weight. I eat and I throw up. He said, there's something about that woman that I should have made that judgment and decision But you know what? God had one woman in a jail cell that needed somebody with the Holy Ghost. And so God said, God said, I'm going to send you to jail, but I'm going to get you out of there. One woman. Won't you stand with me right now? One woman. One woman. One woman turned the Orange County judge upside down. One woman with the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, said, I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't do anything. Get her out of jail. I want to tell you, in less than three weeks, here she come walking back in our church. You talking about a hallelujah time? What I'm telling you is this. uh, You may be think you're defeated, but God says, I got one person on my mind. I got one person on my mind. Searched until he found him. And with love bands, he bound him. For I was 
that one lost sheep. How do you feel about that? I was that one lost sheep. How much that God loves you. He stepped out of the portals of glory and became flesh. And that flesh had feelings. And he hung on the cross and he suffered. Isaiah said more than any man had ever suffered. Why? Because of that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. That was me. 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 Somebody here tonight needs to take whatever you feel in your heart and act on it now. You need to act on it now. Because you're that one lost sheep while they're singing. While this church, if you feel comfortable, I know we're doing all this social distancing. We're not going to ask you to do nothing that you're not comfortable. But if the pull of God is stronger on you than you've ever felt that you are to step out from where you are right now. Right now you are to step out from where you are and walk down this aisle. Center friend, backslider, right now you are to step out where you are. Start walking down that aisle because God loves you that much. While the church is coming, why don't you come with us? In Jesus' name. So amazing. In Jesus' name. So amazing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.